Hello. Welcome to a short podcast on the difference between building design and furniture design. Excuse me. I was fortunate enough to attend a crit session, the final presentation of the first year design studio at School of Architecture, University of Malaya. And I managed to catch a few presentations on the project entitled Cabinet of Curiosities. The students were given a budget to build a cabinet wherever they are. This is online teaching and the previous brief face-to-face interaction was it is a uh, it was a group project about five students doing a furniture um, that they would produce at the workshop at the faculty uh, they could be using plywood or timber uh, any other form like um, um, block wood or compressed board like MDF and the basics would be um, cardboard boxes uh, glued together. That should be a certain amount of structural strength. That is the group work that they usually do. But for this batch, due to the COVID situation, they had to do it on their own. And I don't really want to talk about those things, but more about the difference between building design and furniture design, which is the conclusion that I gave to the students where there are similarities between building and furniture design. And um, that main similarity is that both have to, to, to deal with users a user, which is could be themselves, thinking about themselves using it or other users. And when you think about the user, you think about more functional aspects of the design. For a building design, it's usually there is a site and for furniture design, there's no definitive site in the sense that it's not permanently built, but it is movable or be able to trans- be transported from one place to another So basically when you think about site, maybe you think about the scenario that it could be in or the space that it could be occupying. Um, In terms of type, of course, the building is uh, more complex in terms of the building of it that may require contractors, quantitative surveyors, a team of consultants to to be um, on board uh, legally and contractually so that the building can be delivered, yeah? Uh, But there is always the designer that is uh, usually the architect involved in the beginning and leading the consultant team. And in furniture design, you have the designer who could be not somebody certified as an architect, even certified as an interior designer. It could be a builder, it could be anyone really. And um, 
the type is a cabinet. So a cabinet is different than a chair or a cabinet is different than a bed. So obviously that's a type here as well. And one person can do everything. So there are these similarities and differences between the building design and furniture design. But one thing is certain that both building and furniture has a beginning uh, in terms of the design process and building it has a beginning and an end. And it's much more manageable, of course, uh, designing furniture in the sense that uh, one person is all that is required to, to design and build it if he has or she has all the materials and tools and the ability to do that, um, to finish it and and to process it further. But in terms, in terms of design, concept, concept is always there. Because whenever you talk about design, you're talking about ideas and eventually the concept of the cabinet. So the tutors were asking from the students innovation and uh, and that's one of the requirements of the learning outcomes of this project. I believe it's a five weeks project. Um, <clears throat> so there were students thinking out of the box and were ambitious, but they weren't able to deliver. And there were students uh, delivering the very basic idea and they managed to complete it. So really, yeah, there were numerous ideas, which means that there were different concepts um, of the idea of a cabinet. Some were quite traditional. Only the, the, the vision that the student had was only for doing certain things, a specific thing. And really, I, I only saw three or four catch the last bit, but herein lies the concept and the design problem. And I like to talk about design problem when a designer is given a brief to design a type and need a feedback, need some sort of feedback or some information from the uh, client. And often in, in business, one doesn't want to innovate too much because of complications and being over budget. So if the client wants innovation, giving a bigger budget, then it won't cost the designer, it won't cost the client extra or within the budget and they delivered it, obviously. So in, in, in the, um, that's, people would call a real world scenario, what really happens in the real world. In a teaching environment, when you're given a brief and the students come up with a concept and the student, because they are, they were, they feel that it's their project. So 
they, be, they could be creating extra design problem. They could, you know, apart from it, the brief says you have to do um, a cabinet and then the lecturer says, innovate. So students think how to innovate. So they come up with a design problem much more complicated than um, much more complicated and it made them not able to complete it in time. So they are called the design problem that they added to the, the original design problem, which is just designing a cabinet, that extra design problem could be a problem for them to complete the project. So design problems, this is what I'm trying to introduce this idea of design problem. Yeah, if you take a brief and you look at a brief and, and straightforward, you deliver exactly what the brief says with a bit of feedback and everybody's happy, then that should be the, what is uh, deemed satisfactory for both parties. Um, uh, that should be it, really. Um, you paid for it, um, your work, and voila, it should settle everything. But why would a designer, usually it's the designer, uh, the person who's proactively designing and, and processing it all, why would the designer want to create other problems? So if it's within the designer's ambit or um, jurisdiction or is within the designer's <clears throat> control, um, and that the designer create added another design problem like, okay, I'm going to do it green or there'll be sustainable uh, design elements uh, added to it and, and then and consulted the client. Then the client accept that the, uh, that the added design problem is fine because everybody will be satisfied. But if the designer this did not consult the client and, if that thing's within the budget, then maybe the client will be uh, surprisingly delighted or, you know, delighted. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, at the end of it. But if it costs more, if it implicates the budget, then maybe the client don't mind. Uh, if the client is so inclined, okay, I would pay extra for that. So this design problem, again, is it only limited to costs? Is the implication of a new design problem added to the original design problem? Is the only problem implicated with costs? It could be other implications as well. Aesthetics or um, it looks ugly or it's, it's not the look that they want. So it's always, it's always about form and how it looks or is it always about costs? So what about the user? If, if the, the design problem that they include is, I'm going to design universal design and everybody can use it, says the designer. So whether or not the designer explained that to the client because the designer could hold it to themselves, you know, the thought of the idea, because if I tell the client, they may not want to do it, but they will be delighted and it'll be a good thing. So 
universal design is an attitude or an approach to design which includes um, as, as many people as you can really to say that you include everyone then you really have to include everyone because that could be uh, requiring a bigger space and stuff like that. But if space is not an issue or the budget, although there is this budget and even though taking a bit more space or a bit more, you know, like a bigger bit bathroom or bigger shower and it's negligible uh, in terms of increasing costs, then it's fine. Um, and this was put forward by, this was put forward, this idea that um, for universal design or designing for disabled persons, accessible design, it will cost just 1% more than original cost if uh, you do that in the beginning. You design for it in the beginning, in the planning stages and so on. But if you were to do a renovation or added things to an existing building, then the cost would be about the additional cost for universal design would be about 30% more to the original cost. This has yet to be verified, the statement, and find the source of it. And it could be something that someone calculated um, and not documented or published. So I'm just giving this idea that... Uh, where we talk about building design or we talk about furniture design, the same with furniture design. Um, there, there are similarities and you talk about both having a concept or an original design problem and if you try to innovate or add other design problems to the original brief of either building or furniture design, well, how much would that cost be? Or is it aesthetically pleasing? Or is it... Um, is a good thing. It could be a good thing, really. So we, we also notice about the client and the designer's relationship. So that is something else to be discussed in another time. Maybe I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not sure. But. So thank you for listening to this, the difference between building design and furniture design. And I look forward to more podcasts. Thank you.